0: What's up, sports fans? It's Take 30 with A. Perky, and I'm your host, Amanda Perkins. How are you guys feeling today? I'm feeling like we got some good NBA series going on right now. I'll get into that a little later. So this week, we will talk about There's not really much going on in NCAA basketball right now. So I'll talk a little bit about the draft, whether the Knicks should trade their rights to Zion, who we assume would go number one, for AD. In the NBA, I'll talk about the playoffs and what's the deal with Embiid. He's always sick. It's really strange. I'll also talk about where... Where has Steph and Clay been in this Rockets series? Been kind of not themselves. And also, the Warriors have two huge free agents this summer. And then I'll finish it off with my conference finals predictions. And to end the show, I will talk about Odell Beckham stating that he wants to make... The Cleveland Browns, the new New England Patriots. Yeah, he said that. So let's get into it. Episode seven. The Knicks are more than likely going to get the number one pick, but we never know because it's a lottery. So it could go another way. But let's say, let's say the Knicks get the number one pick. Naturally, we all think they're going to pick Zion, although I just saw a little bit ago that they're very, very high on Cam Reddish. I'm not sure how many picks they have and if they would like be able to get Cam Reddish, but surely they wouldn't waste a number one on Cam Reddish when Zion is available. I mean, it's not even a competition. But say they go Zion, would it be smart For the Knicks to trade Zion to the New Orleans Pelicans for Anthony Davis, there's a few things here. So, you have two generational talents, obviously at different parts in their careers. We already know what Anthony Davis can do at the NBA level. On the other hand, Zion, we don't know how he's going to be in the NBA. We think. He will be a crazy superstar, but we don't know. We have to see it for ourselves, and the unknown sometimes isn't a good thing. It'll take Zion, like Anthony Davis, a few seasons to get to that superstar level of play that the Knicks need, but, I mean, anybody would be patient with that because I honestly think he will contribute his first year, but it obviously it won't be up to the full potential that he can contribute. That takes time. Another point is that the Knicks would also have to trade multiple young players, Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith Jr., etc. They would have to hand over a lot of their young talent for A.D., not to mention, they could get Zion on a rookie contract, which is way cheaper than what AD would look to be signing at the following season. So they would have to sign AD after next season and he's expecting an eight million dollar raise, which would likely push them into luxury luxury tax. So this is a complicated decision. And not to mention, A.D. could leave after one season, so you could give the Pelicans your whole young core and Zion, who could be your future, for a guy who might not even be there the next season. On the flip side, you could say they pick up Kyrie or K.D. and you get Anthony Davis. That could be a little more attractive for A.D. to sign the following year, so... That would be an interesting situation if they consider it if the Pels even consider it. The Pelicans have to look at what's best for them as well, which I think Zion is good for any any team. He's automatic box office. I mean, you're you're going to fill those seats no matter what with Zion. So we will see. I'm, I'm really interested to see this summer it will be super interesting with all the big-name free agents that are out there, and along with AD being on the trading board. I'm excited for this summer to see how all that turns out because the NBA could be flipped upside down next season, especially if KD leaves Golden State because it's been warrior dynasty for the past few years And nobody in the West could really compete. So I'm excited for that. On to the NBA. NBA playoffs have been very fun to watch. We've got really, really good series going on right now. And to be honest, I'm kind of shocked. My favorite series, believe it or not, is the Blazers Nuggets series. This series is so tight, although the Nuggets did blow The Blazers out last night, but the quadruple overtime, just the close games that they've had, they were just, and to watch these guys lay it all out there, like, I've missed watching teams who just play with everything that they have. I mean, Ennis Cantor had a separated shoulder the entire overtime, four overtimes. He literally had to tuck his arm in his shirt to keep his shoulder up and he played. I loved it. It was great. And the officiating, the officiating was phenomenal. They let them play. They let them play it out on the floor to see who would win that game. And those are the type of games that you honestly hate to see someone lose because both teams gave it their all. It was so fun to watch and they were so gassed. It was crazy. I knew the Joker was going to miss those free throws because homeboy was gassed <laughs> once i saw him go to the free throw i was like oh he's missing that there's no shot blazers are gonna wrap this up and shout out to rodney hood rodney hood comes galloping in the fourth overtime fresh legs drops five points in a kind of leads that way for the blazers to close it out but the Rockets and Warriors are all locked up 2-2. Two two. Game 5 is tonight. It's the later game, which sucks because, you know, I'm a grandma during the weekend. I go to bed early because, you know, work. Uh, the Blazers and Nuggets. Nuggets blew out the Blazers last night, so they are up 3-2. They go back to Portland for game 6. And the Su- the Sixers got their butts kicked last night. I mean, 36 36- points crazy that's embarrassing so the Raptors take a 3-2 lead on that one and then the Celtics and Bucks are playing as I speak it's about to be overtime and Milwaukee's up pretty big right now so Bucks might close it out tonight because they are up 3-1 on that series one topic that has been kind of a hot topic after Last night, well, and this weekend, because it kind of triggered this past weekend game, the Sixers game, kind of triggered it, really. Um, Embiid. Embiid has been so injury prone. And honestly, he's been really suspect in these playoffs. He's supposed to be one of the greatest big men to play the game that's what he's projected to be. Like talent wise, that's what he could be. But everyone is now questioning Embiid because 17, his rookie season, his knee couldn't play. 18, playoffs, orbital injury, didn't play. This year, he's missed games because of quote unquote load management. And, you know, I, like I told y'all before, I'm old school mentality. What is, what is load management even mean? Who does load? Ma- I'm not playing today because, you know, my load is a little heavy. I need, to take, I need to take a break. What? No. No load management. And then he's had all these weird sicknesses. It's crazy. You are in a playoff series that if you win, you go to your conference finals. Come on. This is all or nothing. He comes out. Honestly, the only game he has performed in this series against the Raptors was game three when he had 33 points, 10 rebounds, and he was 50% from the floor. Other than that, he's been 11 points, 13 points, taking only like seven shots, and you're supposed to be their all-star. It It's crazy, and he... Complained about knee soreness for one game, another game he was sick, and then uh, I think it was game four, he texts his coach at 6 a.m. and says, coach, I don't think I can go. I This is the worst I've ever felt in my life. What? Like Stephen A. Smith said, you had nine hours till the game. With all the resources that they have, you can get IVs, you can get shot up with medicine, you can take a you could take a nap. Like Stephen A. Smith said, power naps can do wonders. You have all these resources. Why in the hell would you text your coach at 6 a.m. and say, I don't think I can go when you are the all-star on the team? Then he mentions it, make sure the media knows that hey, I'm sick. I can't perform to a hundred percent. It's like, you're making excuses. You're making excuses for your poor performance. If you decide to go, if you step on that floor, nobody gives a damn. If you're sick, nobody cares. It all excuses are out the window. Once you hit the floor, MJ had one of his best games. He was sick as a dog. You didn't hear him say, Oh, I was sick. No, you don't, You don't say you're sick. If you're going to play, you're going to play. You man up and play ball. Embiid and his excuses are very suspect at this point. And no one's ever doubted the man's talent. But I'm kind of doubting his heart and his love for the game. It's kind of like, and, and another thing that he did last night, you're down 36 points. Why is he looking at the stats sheet for why? Why are you looking at the stat sheet? That makes no sense. You should not be concerned about stats right now. You just got your butt handed to you. Now the Raptors are up 3-2 and your season's on the line. Hoy, vey, these man, these pros, I just don't understand them these days. Can't they all just have that old school mentality? I don't understand it. And Bede is hurting himself. And honestly, if you're a coach and you're watching this, you're a GM and you're watching him, it's like, I don't know. I don't know. It, I'm puzzled by Embiid. I honestly am. I'm not the biggest fan of him, if you can't tell, just because of this type of antics. Don't care. He needs the Giannis mindset. Just go play ball, man. Anyways, I'm done with my rant on Embiid. I'm going to go on to the Warriors. Warriors in Houston tied up. Where has Steph and Clay been? They have not been playing like the Steph and Clay that we know. The Splash brothers are not splashing right now. They are not splashing. I don't know what their deal is. I know they've been fighting some nagging injuries, but they've been pretty bad. I mean, If you were to tell me KD drops 46 points in game three, I would have told you, oh, Golden State won. Nope. They lose in overtime. Want to know why? Steph had 17. Clay had 16. I mean, it's just KD's carrying the load here. Game four, they dropped again. Steph had 30 points, but he's shooting four for 14 from the three-point line. That's un-Steph-like. Clay had 11 points and was one for six from the three. Oof. That's not Clay. It's not the Splash Brothers that we know. If if the Splash Brothers played like the the two that we know they are, and KD's playing out his mind in his bag right now, nobody would be even close. Nobody. So pff, if if the Splash Brothers turn it on at some point, hopefully it's tonight for Golden State's sake. Whew, watch out because once. Once they get on and KD, he, we know who he is. He's Kevin Durant. Nobody's stopping the Warriors. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It brings up another question, though, with Clay's performance in this series. Is Clay not happy? Clay is now playing the third fiddle. And from what I hear, he's tired of getting the quote-unquote Crumbs. So, yeah, he he might not be happy. And honestly, I guess this is a problem you can run into with super teams, right? You know, some guys want to be that guy. You know, they want to be the guy. And some of them can't just turn it over and play team ball, it it gets to some of them. And I wish Clay, if he's not happy and he's in this mindset, he needs to snap out of it so he can go get this ring right quick and add to his collection because they need him. They need the Splash Brothers, especially Steph. Steph brings the energy. Steph is the emotion of that team. They need to get it together, and I think they will. I think tonight Steph goes off. I think Clay goes off. And if Katie drops his usual thirty something points, I think I think they'll get it together. It's just very interesting to see because if if the Splash Brothers perform like we know they can, this series is probably done. <laughs> just I, I don't see Houston. Houston needs to thank Eric Gordon. I tell you that much. Eric Gordon's been bawling. but tonight will be interesting to watch. Hopefully, I can stay up and finish it. But if not, I'll obviously see the highlights. This brings me to the off season for the Warriors. That's another hot topic, especially with people mentioning maybe Klay's not happy at Golden State because it's, it's KD's team, like, let's be real. It's been Steph's team this entire time since KD's been there, but this year, who do we say is unguardable? Who do we say there's nothing you can do about that? Who do we say we need the ball in their hands? It's Kevin Durant. It used to be Steph, it's Kevin Durant now. You can even see it on the floor. Steph defers to KD. Steph looks for KD because KD is playing out his mind. Clay, I I don't know what the Warriors do here because Clay's up for the max and KD is just he can go wherever. And if I'm KD, I don't even know where I would go. LA, the Lakers are a dumpster fire. Lakers are a hot mess. I actually saw today Ty Lu has backed out of head coaching talks. So they still don't have a head coach. We all thought, you know, Ty Lu was going to get it. That's LeBron's boy. Nope, couldn't come to a deal. It seems as if he wanted a five-year deal, and they were only willing to do a three-year deal. So, yeah, that's just indicative of where the Lakers are. <laughs> I don't know why any... One on KD's talent level and at his age would want to go to that mess. I know a lot of people are saying the Knicks. We will see what the Knicks, that could tie into my whole topic at the top of the show with, you know, Zion and AD. And then, you know, you have Kyrie out there too. It'll be interesting to see what he does. People think he's out of Boston. People think his bags are, are packed already. And I'm also seeing that, you know, Clay is priority for the Warriors. They want to keep the Splash Brothers together. I know Pat Riley and um, others have been in touch with Golden State saying they need to keep the Splash Brothers together, you know. I don't know. The Warriors have a lot going on this offseason, but if I'm them, I'm focusing on getting this ring I'm focusing on the back to back to back because they it's in their hands it's up to them they they are their biggest threat and I think we can see that with you know Steph and Clay's numbers being down it if they play like we know they can play this isn't that tight of a series but I'm the Warriors I'm not even thinking about offseason right now I'm th- I'm laser focused on getting this ring. And last but not least, my predictions for the conference finals. So I'm going to go with the Warriors playing the Nuggets and the Bucks playing the Raptors. So I have those two series. The Nuggets look pretty good. Um, Murray has his coming out party this playoffs. Murray's playing. He's a beast. Um, But I think the Warriors will beat the Nuggets if they get the Nuggets. And then I think that, oof, that Bucks-Raptors series will be very interesting. I don't know who I'm going to pick from that one. I might have to see. I don't know. I may have to see a game one before I can make a decision. I know that's kind of cheating, but I don't know. Kawhi is playing top-notch basketball right now so hmm, we will see but so is Giannis so I really want to see that Giannis Kawhi matchup that would be fun so those are my picks and that'll wrap up the NBA part of the show last topic is in the NFL obviously there's not a lot of NFL going on right now so you know, got to pick some topics that wouldn't necessarily be news, but they're news because it's the offseason and it's crickets. So Odell Beckham Jr., the newest receiver to the Browns weapons, he was in GQ. They did a little feature on him. Um, And in that feature, He states that he is determined to help turn the Browns into, and I quote, the new Patriots. Yes, you heard me correctly. The Browns are going to be the new Patriots. You heard it from Odell first. He also, in this feature, refers to Baker Mayfield as Brett Favre, and he will be a Hall of Famer. (laughs) Oh, my God. Odell needs to pump the brakes. I know it's exciting. You know, you got your new chapter that you needed. You got, on paper, you got a lot of talent on your team. But if you want to be the new Patriots, what do the Patriots do? Patriots don't talk. They don't make statements like that. They just do. They're very vague in interviews. They just talk about their next matchup and they just go out and they win. That They don't talk. They don't have to state that. Mainly because they have the reputation to back it up as well. So it speaks for itself. Just like, you know, how they say with the goat conversations, the goats never claim themselves the goats. They let everybody else claim them the goat. Same goes with the Patriots. And now Odell has just, upped the expectations for this team that have already been high. So now you've been to higher expectations because you're sitting there saying you're going to be the new Patriots. <sighs> and then the statements have no credibility, no proof of production. I mean, this team hasn't been in the postseason in 16 years. They haven't won a playoff game in 21 seasons. You know, <sighs> oh yeah. And the only one who's played in a playoff game is Jarvis Landry, and that's one playoff game. I don't I don't understand why he even had to comment like that. I get being confident in your team, but right now all eyes are on the Browns as it is. So why put that much more pressure on your team? You don't even know. Nobody even knows what this team's going to look like. Yeah, on paper they're great, but... Sometimes that doesn't always work out. For example, Duke Blue Devils on paper, pff, number 1 team in the country, but you don't got the veteran leadership, you don't have certain elements that you need to win a title. You fall short. So, Browns, OBJ and the team need to just fly under the radar. Don't say anything like this. Leave it alone. He should have just you know had vague answers, I don't know, and then another thing is New England they're consistent, no matter who's on their roster, they're still consistently a threat. The browns, I'll tell you what they're not consistent, but they are consistently bad <laughs> so so o b j kind of has stuck his foot in his mouth with this comment on in g q Is it petty to even talk about it? Kind of. I mean, but there's nothing else to talk about in the NFL right now. So, OBJ, my recommendation is let's just not make crazy comments. Like, especially the Brett Favre, Baker Mayfield. What? Baker has had one season. Let's calm down. Can't call him a Hall of Famer after one season. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. Still can't call him a Hall of Famer. And he was the MVP last year. We don't know. It's one season. You got to do a little more than one season to be a Hall of Famer. But that's my take on it. And that's my take for the show. And that'll do it for season, season, episode seven of Take 30. Don't forget to follow me on SoundCloud. Subscribe to my channel on iTunes and follow me on Instagram, Take 30 A Perky. And if you guys have any topics that you want my take on in the show, just let me know. You can hit me up on Insta, DM me, let me know what you want to hear. I am open to suggestions. Until next episode.